The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome back to Legit Bat, Season 2, Episode 1. Woo! Said in the most radio voice ever. <laughs> you know you love it when I do that. I love it. Uh, today we had Miguel on from Aeon Byte, back by popular demand, our most popular episode to date, and Graham from Grimerica joined us. Two uh, podcast idols in our eyes, I mean, because we're just small potatoes. Yeah, it was, it was really good what they had to say. Basically, everything that you could ever bounce off those two guys, they could have a conversation all their own. We could just feed them a little bit and they'll go for it. Well, they kind of sure did. That did happen. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. We let them carry it, and that's why we have them on is because they're smarter than us, and we just want to hear what they have to say. And you all should do. Yep, so enjoy the episode. Make sure that you guys go to their pages. I'm pretty sure that those are listed. Yeah. I, yeah. Grimerica's on uh, Instagram, at Grimerica Show, I think. Yep. And they have their Patreon, grimerica.ca slash support to support these motherfuckers. Uh, Aeonbyte, I think, oh, what is their website? It's uh, thegodabovegod.com, I think. I have to look into that. Check the show notes. <clears throat> and you can follow us on all the socials at Legit Bat Podcast. And send us $1 million cash app at Joe Hodgson. <laughs> Thank you. Also with a footnote for other people. Huh? Oh, $1 million. <laughs> If you have a million dollars to spend on us, yeah. Or a million Satoshis. Or don't. That's also your choice. A million Satoshis is worth uh, quite a bit right now. I know. Bitcoin is up. Send us Bitcoin. What what is Satoshi? I I need to know this. It's like a fraction of a Bitcoin. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either until the other day. I bought 50 bucks worth. So that is also applicable. Do that. (laughs) Uh, In the next coming weeks, we're going to have Micah Dank and his Astro Theology awesomeness. I can't wait for that one, actually. Uh, what else are we doing? We're doing Prop Report slash Charlie Robinson, hopefully next yes. weekend. Good. What else? Oh, we're going to have your friend Curtis on? Yeah. To talk about their weird fucking experience in military camp? Yeah. Uh, that one's still TBD uh, just because of the holidays, but definitely coming shortly into season two for sure. Yay. Happy New Year, everyone. Mm. We'll see you, or not see you. You'll be listening to us. At the time they're listening. Yeah, when you listen. All right. All right. Anyway, I I wanted to talk more... uh, uh, 
not really specifically. We never really talked specifically about much of anything, but um, what is your definition of syncretism? That's a new term to me. I just heard maybe a couple weeks ago. I, I understand what it means, but what's your take on that? Uh, well, that it's obviously uh, being eclectic from a spiritual standpoint. Uh, I guess you could say something like uh, Thelema is uh, syncretic because it draws from different traditions. Uh, paganism, Christianity, Judaism. Uh, you could say Wicca is syncretic. Uh, so it's uh, movements that use a pastiche of different of other movements, but when it comes down to it, it's kind of a red a red herring because all religions borrow from each other. I think it was a scho um, scholar David Brackey called it hybridity, where it's in when you have cultures and religions uh, rubbing shoulders or hearing from each other, they're naturally going to start borrowing and adopting things, even unconsciously, even if they don't like each other or feel they're diametrically opposed. So syncretism is, again, it works, but it kind of doesn't work because there's nothing new under the sun and everybody's borrowing from everybody. Yeah, it seems like it's more, it's a melting pot of everything. Uh, isn't that what kind of uh, ecumenicalism is too, though? I believe that's more uh, just being more, yeah, just being more open-minded. That's like what the Catholic Church does, where they're going to be more open-minded towards uh, other faiths and learn from them. Graham, good to see you. Hey, everybody. Good to see you, too. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Where are you at? You're not in your normal studio. No, I'm at, I'm at home. Using the pro setup. Studio, yeah. Yeah, sorry about having to use Skype. We, dude, we've had, just like last time, we've had a hell of a time trying to get audio dialed in, and we have like fourteen thousand kids in our house right now too. <laughs> so we're we're dealing with the living room situation instead of my uh, studio, aka my son's room. <laughs> so everything got all sideways at the last minute. Like it was seven twenty-five here, and we we're like, oh fuck, we got to get on. We got to make this work somehow. So we're all three sharing a mic. Sorry. Uh, Graham, I don't think you met my brother last time. Ben? No, I don't think, I don't so. think so. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Not too bad. Nice to meet you. Nice good to see you, Miguel. Always good to see you, my friend. You got a good connection there, Graham? You're cutting out a little bit. Um, I should have a good connection. Let me try something else. It, it might be my headphones. Hang on. Probably ours. No, I think, I think he sounds fine. Uh, oh, yeah. There we go. Anyway, so Graham hadn't met Ben. Miguel hadn't met my wife. Graham has met my wife. Hey. So we're all here together now. Yay. <laughs> Very simple. Anyway, we, yeah. <laughs> so we were just starting to, we were waiting for you to fucking answer your phone, first of all. <laughs> no, I, uh, no, he's, uh, I guess, well, he's busy. I didn't know if this was uh, like a full-blown, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't think. Oh, no, it was, it was last, last minute. We just, so. Figured whoever wanted to jump on, but this seemed like kind of your kind of topic anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Darren's busy with family anyways right now, so he's As breaking he the law. <laughs> no mask or anything. What a rebel. He's got <laughs> mushrooms and weed, but he's breaking the law with family. <laughs> oh, hey, I feel like that's living. a really, really good slogan to start out 2021. Lean a little more. We're going to figure out this one mic thing. Anyway, we just started kind of talking about 
syncretism and what it meant to Miguel and what do you know anything about that? I think you guys mentioned it once or twice. Uh, not, uh, not too much. I mean, I just read it up, read up a little bit about it before the show here, but I'm, I'm interested to hear what y'all has to say about it. I mean, I feel like it's kind of my own, my initial reaction was it's, it's, it can be a good thing, but, um, I'd like to hear what Miguel has to say about it. Well, as I was saying, ultimately it's sort of a, a bullshit term because there are no original religions or movements. There's nothing new under the sun. So every religion or ideology is uh, ultimately a stew from each other or borrows from each other. Christianity is a, perf- a perfect example. It draws from paganism, from Judaism. Uh, it t- takes from different countries and epochs to uh, create what it is. So it, it doesn't admit it, but it's obviously a syncretic uh, movement. Um so yeah, all religion, Judaism, as much as they'd like to say, of course, all religion should be proud of themselves. But uh, as we've learned, Judaism is a, a movement that was uh, influenced, that came from a stew of different uh, tribal religions at a time and uh, modified itself. And there was never really one Judaism in ancient times, as uh, scholars have pointed out uh, there were many Judaisms. It was a very fluid religion. So today, I mean, religions, of course, might have an innovation here and there or an ideology. But at the end of the day, every religion is a mutt. And it's as simple as that. So, Well, do you think that applies to Gnosticism? You being the Gnostic guy, do you think Gnosticism was more of an original idea? Or did they borrow well, from a lot of other things, too? Well, of course, I'm going to say it's an original idea. And all the other religions are fake. No, just kidding. Uh, (laughs) That's a good point. Well, obviously, Gnosticism never made any qualms about being original or more like it said it was syncretic. It drew from everything because that's what it does. It draws from what it needs to do. But I think uh, as uh, April DeCon had put it very well, it did have an innovation. Now, you have... uh, these four types of religion you've got uh obedience religion which is when a a human the humans are subservient to the gods you know we'll sacrifice to you you tell us what to do the other one was covenant religion and that's when a group of people strike a deal with a certain god like the jews with jehovah or the norse with odin or something like that and you know you kind of make a deal with the mob boss and they'll take care of you the third kind is mystic Judaism, where you as a human are allowed to interact with the God and sort of share in the essence and the experience of the divine. The Gnostics came up with an innovation that never had been done before because they basically said, we, are, we don't obey the gods, we don't make covenant with the God, and we don't even experience the gods because we are higher than the gods. We go beyond to this like primordial font of consciousness that's not even a being and we share in it so that's what made the gnostics again an innovation as uh, some have said gnosticism is not so much a religion it's a metaphysical orientation you have certain steps the realization that you live in a false world this uh, experience or red pill that there is a higher world that you've been trapped in this false world and the steps you need to take to break out of the black iron prison or the prison planet. Uh, So therefore, all these other religions are used 
to support their ideas of gnosis and all the gods are ultimately seen as sort of uh, false or demons whether it's uh, the jewish god or osiris or saturn or any of the others so that's what makes gnosticism syncretic but not syncretic because it knows it likes to draw different rituals and myths so that it could support its you know foundation or steps or uh, uh cornerstones of what gnosticism that's why you have uh you can have pagan gnosticism with the hermetics you can have jewish gnosticism with the kabbalists you can have uh islamic gnosticism with the uh, sufis or other sects or you can even have uh Persian Gnosticism with the Mazdakites or the Zervanists. So Gnosticism is a little bit different. It's funny, I was just listening to your episode with Chris Knowles, and uh, it made me think of this topic because I was reading sort of some of the definitions on syncretism, and it was I loved how he was pushing back against this materialism, this atheistic thing that I didn't, I forgot how sort of connected that was with contemporary conspiracies in a way. Like I listened to, to, uh, the skeptics guide to the universe for a while, like 12, 15 years ago, I went through this sort of materialistic, I don't even know why I was searching through that, but it got really, it got really kind of bullshit for a while. And I was like, these guys are just laughing at people that are having these experiences like it really i went to i like i gave it a pretty good shot at just like listening to them and learning what they had to say and this so this was probably like mid 2000s or mid maybe 2005 to 2008 kind of thing and then i was like this is just bullshit these guys are just laughing at thousands of people that have these experiences whether it's ufos or spiritual experiences or whatever and then I, I thought about syncretism in not so much a religious way, but a spiritual way. Like Chris was saying that, you know, nobody's fighting this fight against this materialism in a way that is kind of a, an illusion because the people that are running it aren't materialists. I mean, that's the that's the crazy part about it. The people that are funding it and pushing all this are more into the occult probably than materialism. And yet we're sort of going down this materialistic path. So I thought of syncretism as this middle ground of spirituality where we don't have the answers, but we know that there's something more to consciousness or there's something more to, to spirit, you know, not in a deity kind of way, but in a higher power sort of way. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, the elite have never followed what never practiced what they preach. And they always draw on, uh, better things or higher things i mean uh one of the myths is that the romans uh fell apart because they were immoral which is bullshit because the romans were some of the most conservative people in the world as were most pagans in those times it's the elite they were the ones who were having orgies and dealing with uh outlawed magic and i mean even today you think uh you you see, like, uh, Islam can be very conservative. Of course, the sheiks are drinking Johnny Walker Black and driving Maseratis and hanging out <laughs> with uh, titty dancers and all that good stuff. So that has always happened. I mean, it's the, it's the hypocrisy and, of course, hiding all the good things in life, including, including magic and spirituality for themselves. I mean, nothing has changed. Really. Yeah, well, yeah. Isn't that interesting how they do that too? Though they, uh, they're probably the most involved in occult practices, but they downplay them to the rest of us. 
and just make it seem all materialistic. That's kind of where I was getting with the scientism thing is because that seems to be where it's moving now, where you got your priests in the white lab coats that are the intermediary between you and the knowledge, and you just have to believe what they say blindly. That sounds like every religion ever to me. Yeah, it was interesting because Chris Knowles in, in, in that podcast I was talking about was kind of talking about the uh, the er, the genesis of that in a way, or at least in our contemporary times, like over the last 10 or 15 years, even with Epstein funding some of these scientists and these materialistic sort of projects. The scientism is, uh, yeah, it, it's amazing how they're getting away with it. Like, how are they getting away when... When, you know, you should be allowed to discuss it all. You should be allowed to, you know, talk about the evidence. We can't even talk about it. We're just censored right off the, uh, whenever you're talking about natural cures or, or anything like that, you're just censored right away from it. God but it's interesting you say vitamin how, D. Yeah, exactly. So I've, <laughs> yeah, or sunlight or exercise or. Yeah. Or maybe so not it's, eating It's amazing how far day. it's gotten. I, I can't believe how far it's gotten, to be honest. It's. It's. I would have never guessed, even being into this kind of these topics, that it would would have gotten that bad this year. I mean, I guess it's in some ways it's good because hopefully other other people seem to be realizing like this doesn't make sense, you know. Well, well I think ramp, new atheism up, had a lot to do with it, like you said, uh, the materialism of the early twenty first century. I was like you, Graham. I was uh, I was reading all this new atheism stuff because it, I was exercising some of my old Christian upbringing and it was good to see to have you know ridicule our old religions and because they were very powerful and very self-righteous but I think uh, all this uh, new the new atheism materialism just made it easy for what happened in 2020 I mean that's I mean the science is settled is my favorite line. It's like, no, I'm not very good at science. And I even I know the science is never settled. It's supposed to be self-correcting and self-questioning and bringing in data all the time, like, you know, chaos theory. Uh, but that's not how it is. Well, the, the science is settled is like the King James Version of the Bible to the scientists. It's yes. Like, yes. Written in stone. You can't fuck with it anymore. Yeah, it's... I noticed there's kind of two, it, it, I was telling Jen the other day, it seems like there's a divergence where there's, it's so split down the middle now where you have people that are completely rejecting all this and people are just completely buying into it. I have a couple friends that are completely on the scientism end of it where they're, they, I don't even know if they're looking at the studies or looking at the peer reviewed, all that stuff. All they know is the TV says, this is what you do, so do it. And I'm like, dude, you're like totally anti-religion, but you're taking this like a religion. You're listening to what this guy on the TV says and going, yes, yes, I will do that. I will put a needle in my arm, whatever you say. But the, but the weird thing is it's only some of what the TV says. Because, the, for example, in Canada here, the, the minister, the health minister of B.C., or I, I, I can't even say it, it was her. I, it was one of the leaders in the health said the other day publicly that, only two people out of the hundreds that have died so far from co apparently with or from COVID. I, I don't want to say from COVID because they admit that it could be with it and not from it. That only two people were not in old folks homes that passed away. And then when I go to the Alberta website, the official website, it just gives you the stats of the co the comorbidities. And 11 people 
don't have one, like 75% of them have three comorbidities. The average age was 82 of death. So it's all right there for them to see as well. You can just do some basic math and say, hey, there's 11 people in Alberta that, that, didn't, have a, that didn't have a comorbidity and the average age is 82. So the young people should not be scared of this thing. And then the people in BC are saying only two people that weren't in old folks homes died out of all those people. I mean, so I'm not Graham, minimizing any of that. Like it's, it's bad either way. Like it's terrible that we have, it's disgusting that we haven't been able to protect our vulnerable, but you know, they're cherry. You can just, they're just people that are in, in what you're saying in the groove of this, they're just cherry picking the parts of the, the narrative that they want to hear as well. Well, what I think is absolutely ridiculous about that is the fact that all of the research and stats that you just quoted, you can literally go look, anybody could do that. So with being able to look at all those stats, though, you still have people following it like a religion. Yeah. It's almost like it didn't change shit. Like you have the availability for free thought and finding out all the stats, but you have these people that are just hardcore in either direction. That doesn't make any sense to me because it's not I, I can understand if they had siphoned it down like North Korea, where you can only get so much in or out there to be told, you know, what you're supposed to believe. But you, you, you have a way bigger option in, in the Western world to actually find out real information. So I, I don't understand that. That kind of yeah. that kind of blind flaw following to me doesn't make any sense. And like Miguel said, this is supposed to be a process of science. So. Apparently, we're wearing the masks because of the globules that you're spitting out, right? This is what it's all about. <laughs> so, globules. regardless of whether it works or not, and like the guy said when he was interviewing Fauci, the schmutz is going to be stuck inside there and all that. So, the schmutz is obviously really bad because the masks are making everything worse. But with it, I walked around with this little shield around my mouth the other day instead of a mask, and I tried to go in the store. And they wouldn't let me in the store. And I'm like, well, wh why not? Well, it says you have to cover, you know, have to have a full face mask on. Like you have to cover your nose. So this is the corporate rule coming down to all these little stores that are saying, I can't wear my little mouth shield, my clear mouth shield. And I'm like, well, I'm not worried about this disease. I'm not worried about it. I, if you're, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be spinning on everything because I've got this shield here and they won't, there's no adjustment to the science. If that's why, then why are we still covering up like that? If it's about the globules, why can't we walk <laughs> around with a clear face shield that doesn't hide everybody's faces that allows people to breathe properly? No, the right? funniest thing is that at my work, uh, I could literally go in there with a yarn face mask with holes all over it. That yeah. would be acceptable. Yeah. And I told my boss and he's on my side, actually uh, shout out to my boss. <laughs> he knows who he is. He actually listens sometimes. So. Uh, I actually told him, like, I could come in here with a yarn mask on with all these holes, and that would be acceptable as a mask. And that's when you know it's not about protection, because that's not doing shit. If you would have said that a year ago, like, I'm wearing this yarn mask so I don't get sick, people would be like, <laughs> you're fucking out of your mind. What are you talking about? <laughs> 2020 is like, or 2021 now, I was like, oh, yeah, totally. That'll totally protect you. Yeah, sure. Duh, whatever the TV says. I think what's probably what's more disturbing is is that... This is really inevitable. Uh, you, we were talking before the show about the, the show Legion and how I liked it because every episode it breaks down how humanity as a collective and how as individuals the different psychosis we have that most people don't know. Most people probably do have. And um, it wasn't on the show, but there's a study and the study's been replicated where you have a group of five people 
four are actors and one's a real dude. And they show them like uh, three lines, three different size lines, and then one line. And you're supposed to match this line to one of the three lines to the closest. And the one guy is giving the truth. He's like, oh, this one's three inches, three inches. The other ones are taught to lie. They oh, say, no. and, and eventually the guy, I can see the where real this is guy, going. <laughs> eventually the guy, he's like, he's first, he's like, are they crazy? But then he starts <laughs> aping them and he starts following their lead. And the, well, the, the insight is that we are pack animals. And if there is a minority, the minority will change his reality to conform with the majority. So to keep the peace, to be a pack, that's, that's a scary thing about humans. I guess it helps us in some ways, but not in, not in, not at a time like this when we're being ex blatantly exploited by wickedness in high places. The other experiment is where you had, uh, it's called the gorilla experiment and you've got two people. One guy is shown a video of two people in a basketball court, and they're just throwing the ball back and forth, basketball back and forth. And he's told, all right, we need you to count how many times they threw the ball back and forth. And he's just counting, counting. And in this experiment, a guy in a gorilla suit walks oh, across yeah. the camera. <laughs> and a more like 60% did not see the guy in a gorilla suit, which tells us that when we are told what to do, we will erase reality in front. I mean, this is psychological fact. So this is what we're up against to. It's not just, you know, the propaganda and the people trying to force a science. It's, it's human nature. It's us wanting to be a pack. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm not one of those who likes to be in the pack. I've just never. I don't well, know if I'm antisocial or right. introvert, well, yeah, but it? I... Yeah. Well, I think with those experiments... Humans are pack animals. We'd rather not um, make waves. We'd rather, uh, we want to be told what to do so we can go about our lives, our slow march into our inevitable deaths. I think that's what most people, <laughs> that's what, I mean, that's the majority. It, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, well, what is it about you that, that doesn't want to go with the pack or with me or like, why is there a percentage of us that don't fall into that? I mean. And that's a $64,000 question. I know I was born always uh, wanting to ask, interested in the higher questions or interested in science fiction and mythology. I was always uh, an introvert who wanted to, like a wallflower, I wanted to observe things and understand things. And I guess I sort of had an artistic sensitivity. I mean, I know that's with me. And, uh, and like uh, people, I went through some traumatic experiences that I was able to overcome. And that sort of gave me this, uh, this sharpness to always be looking inside and always to be look, looking carefully at those around me or at, uh, what's going on. So I can say that about me, but uh, I guess it depends on the individual. Why? Why are some this way? Well, the minority this way. Why the majority? We know why the majority acts like they do <laughs> with those yeah. experiments. What do you? What's your answer to your own question, Graham? What makes you such a contrarian? Um, I don't know. I I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, similar to Miguel, I've been through, in some ways, been through hell and back. You know, through addiction and and stuff. And uh, I I just don't know how to connect that to that. But 
through that process of look, always looking inside and trying to see why I'm reacting to something or why I'm feeling the way I am and not blaming others. And that, like that kind of like accountability type thing that I learned in recovery, maybe that's got something to do with it. It seems like there's a lot in this community that I'm in, there seems like a lot of people that have gone through recovery and are in sobriety. I don't know if that's got something to do with, you just start, you just start living a different life and, and not getting distracted by some of the, the more superficial things, I guess. I don't know, but I've always been kind of a, questioning questioning stuff as well i remember just as a young youngster questioning like what's outside if the if the universe started you know what's outside the universe if the you know simple questions like that like if there was a big bang like what's before the big bang those kind of stupid questions when i was younger and i, I and think then it's saw, more surprising you know, saw, the amount of people that don't ask those questions yeah i don't know it's weird i mean i think I think you may I, I, have been on. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I just I saw this UFO when I was twenty. That was pretty profound, and that kind of opened things up as well. I mean, then I just stopped trusting the answers from authority. You know, I mean, they don't or even they know. They opened you up. Tell, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you were onto something there, though. Um, I think anybody who ends up going against the grain like that, and then either learns the consequences or doesn't learn the consequences. Anybody who does anything outside the confines of normalcy or what we are all told is okay. Um, whether it be, like you said, with addiction, um, it doesn't really matter. But anybody who goes outside of those and has real, you know, lived life a different way already, it, mm. it doesn't really matter how you feel about it. The thing is, is that that is part of your life and it's possible. And I think for a lot of those people that whether it be the, you know, the proverbial wrong side of the tracks or however you want to put it, I think when you start to grow up and focus a little bit more on that, you start to go, you know, just because they say don't do drugs, drugs are bad, uh, it doesn't mean you can't. It just means that socially that is not acceptable, but you are still capable of doing it. So I think in a lot of different ways, not just in that area, anybody who goes against the grain of what people are telling them to do you start to realize there's a whole other world out there of things that you're capable of doing. It doesn't just matter whether or not you're told that you can or not. Yeah. I was on a show the other night and, and there was a lady, I think she was from Alaska and she was a teacher and she taught young kids and she would have this hour of free learning. She called it, I guess she was trying to learn, figure out how to do different teaching styles. So she would throw this for the hour or an hour and a half free learning, learn what you want and then figure out something from it and report back kind of thing. And a bunch of the kids would just scream and yell like they could not take, they, they needed to be shown what to learn, right? They could not figure out on their own through creativity. There was a, and these are the smarter kids, like the ones that are, you know, doing well in school, in the class. And the other ones were all just loved it. They got into some of their own things. They figured stuff out. But there was a, a small percentage of the class that was freaking out because they had to figure out what to learn on their own. So I guess it starts at a young age. I mean, I don't know what their parental situations were like or if that's just inherent like some people just need they want to take direction and that's it they can't think for themselves even from a young age i don't know i think that might be where me and ben came from we were homeschooled so we basically learned on our own my mom was set a stack of books in front of us and be like fucking figure it out i don't know well and to be fair <laughs> even as homes even as uh being homeschooled with literally one person to give us 
all of the knowledge that we thought we could learn, uh, we still said fuck the system and basically went against that too. (laughs) Well, I was in homeschooled, but my parents let me go outside with my sisters and actually play for six to eight hours the entire day on the weekends. So we got to actually make up our own games and do our own things, things that kids don't do now. They sit in front of a screen and watch whatever game they're watch, or show, play a game. We didn't even have that. So I think especially the young kids now don't even stand a chance. We were just talking about that the other day, about how we would go outside on my parents' acres and walk around barefoot with rattlesnakes and all this other shit out there and just play. Yeah. There was nothing else. We just played outside, and that was back before PC culture, and we could actually put paint on our face and act like we were Native Americans. <laughs> Notice I used the PC term. Yeah, I know, so that was good. I was going to say, I, was, I actually, it's funny that you said that, because I was actually thinking about that, and I was not going to use the PC term. Um, <laughs> no, but that's exactly right. It's like, we, I, I agree with Jen, I don't think kids today stand a chance, because even if you don't do the home electronics or... You, whatever it's everywhere you can't get away from it like you're being told all the time what to watch what to think to the point where even young kids in their adolescence teenagers which a lot of cultures decades ago would consider once you went through puberty you were an adult and you pulled your weight um i wouldn't trust a 13 year old to do deck today on their own because even in adolescence, they, they look at movies in Hollywood and they feel like that's how their relationships should be. And it, it, I feel like it goes into everything. They just they end up getting fed all the stuff. When we were kids, it was not like that. It was go outside and use your imagination, create a world for yourself. And I feel like that developmentally is a really big part of it. And they don't have those anymore. Everything's on rails. You're, whether it be a video game, quite literally on rails, it, it has an ending already set out for you. You're just trying to accomplish the ending that they gave you. It's the same thing everywhere you go. How many people watch the same show or a movie over and over again, knowing exactly what happens? It's, I, I feel, I, yeah, it's, it's the same thing over and over again. Oh, yeah. That, well, that's kind of what I was getting at with the uh, scientism thing, is that when we were growing up, it was... A Christian religion shoved down our throat like that, where we just were force-fed this stuff and expected to believe every word of it. And it seems like, maybe it's my PTSD from that, but that's what I see going on now, is just everywhere you go, there's CNN telling you what you should believe. And I feel like that's how all religion is, though. That's what, when yeah, I wasn't raised in church at all. My parents took me to church when I was 12. I think just to baptize me because we left like shortly after I got baptized. You're golden. So, <laughs> yeah, I think we only went for a couple of years, but I remember listening and thinking, oh, so we're just listening to his interpretation of the Bible. That's weird because I feel like it, it's up for interpretation. I mean, you could take it as, as you want. And the science uh, is settled. Yeah, but that's how it is now. People are spouting out their own opinion of how they think, oh, this is this virus is this, and this is this. The facts are here, but we want you to think this. I don't know. I feel like all religions are like that. Do you think there's a new there's a new interest in religions with all the almost as a unintentional backlash from all the satanic symbolism and all the overt, like overt putting it in your face symbolism that's happening with the whole pedophilia stuff? Like, do you guys think there's almost like a uh, push back towards God in a way. Yeah, it seems like it seems like uh, it's like what Sam always says that conspiracy leads to spirituality. 
It kind of seems like it. This whole last year has been one big conspiracy pot of shit. And it seems like a lot of people are looking to other places for answers because it's definitely not in the mainstream. So I feel like it's new religions, though. It's like they're not going back to the old religions. People are trying to do new things to find that spirituality. Well, I'm, I went to Gnosticism. This is the this whole last year. I See? I got the Nag Hammadi Bible after listening to Miguel's show. I'm like, I got to check this shit out. And I just started reading it. And it's uh, a little bit over my head, but that's why I listen to him so I can kind of try to decipher <laughs> yeah, break it. Break it down. Still so. over my head, man. Have well, you I seen grew up new... on the Bible and fuck. Have you seen a surge of interest, Miguel? Uh, <laughs> I would say so. I mean, I know... 2020 has definitely been Aeon Byte's best year. I definitely, I'm getting more questions about Gnosticism and these uh, very uh, unorthodox uh, movements. So uh, either it's because I'm doing better or because there is an interest better. But there's definitely a more open-minded. Going back to our of the question of syncretism, I think you're seeing it with movements like Q and others in the right. You're seeing a, a new form of Christianity that is open to mythology. It's open to UFOs. It's open to occult figures of the past. Doesn't mean that they're necessarily friendly to them, but they're open and they're part of the conversation and the overall new Christian mythology. And, uh, well, it's uh, talking about Chris Knowles. Uh, yeah, when I was talking to them, I'm like, yeah. Philip K. Dick was a Christian who believed in UFOs, and Chris is like, well, that's Gnosticism. I said, okay, you're right, you're right. It is. Uh, <laughs> the whole idea about Gnosticism is that we are beyond the stars, and we're trapped by these other astral overlords who have kept us in this planet. So, But I do see uh, this new syncretic form of Christianity that is more open. On the left, I'm still not sure. I think and I, I say this with a pity because I'm more. the more people are spiritual on any side, the better it is for humanity. The left, I still think, is teetering too much on atheism. And I could be wrong. I mean, obviously, there's Wiccans and Thelemites who are left-wingers, and uh, they're very dedicated. But I think as, as, a, as a whole, the left has become way too materialistic and atheistic, and I hope they can... With the right, hopefully they can find more uh, spiritual solutions. Uh, I mean, I think uh, that's the only solution to this country. is It has to be a spiritual solution. It can't be a political, uh, it can't be an economical solution. It's got to be spiritual, and I hope uh, people start facing that. And I think a lot of people are, at least. Uh, that's what 2020 has shown us or pointed to. That's interesting you said that. It, it seems like the left used to be a little more spiritual, at least not woo-woo, uh like paganism or uh you know connecting with nature yeah. and the the left today just seems super materialistic atheist and that blows my mind uh, i think ricky from the ripple effect said something about that how his views haven't changed but it seems like the sides have flipped a little bit where he used to be more of a liberal but now he actually identifies with more of the conservative views and he's like my views haven't changed that much it just seems like the they've oh, the inverted some is, shit yeah. here yeah. yeah yeah the left used to hate the government they didn't trust the CIA. They were anti-war. And now it seems a right to embrace those characteristics. It's, yeah, <laughs> or, very the, or the odd. whole thing has shifted. The whole thing has shifted to the left in a way. So yeah. now those left are on the, the far forward. I guess, no, would shift. The whole thing would shift to the right. And the right is more in the center left. And the left is more 
way way left into you know transhumanism and stuff it seems like it's it's all yeah. about you know that that part you know merging with the whole the whole system uh, oh, but it's Miguel, yeah i wanted to oh go ahead Gary. No, oh i was just gonna ask miguel about uh i don't know if we talked about this on our last show with you but what you think of revelation in the bible and how it ties into kind of what's going on now because there's a lot of things that kind of uh line up and we're gonna have a, a guy named Micah Dank on in a couple of weeks. I don't know if you guys have heard him on a Tinfoil Hat, but he does astrotheology, which is mind blowing stuff. Where he, uh, it's basically everything in the Bible he can relate to a metaphor in the stars, even Revelation, which I liken to an acid trip. But uh, do you have any insights on that with Revelation as far as what's going on now? Yeah, I mean, well, it should be pointed out that everything the ancients did was astrotheology. I mean, all the myths you see of the Greeks, even the Gnostics, uh, a lot of the Jewish myths, you will find a correlation up in the stars because the stars used to be the internet of those time. It's how people recorded time, how they, uh, it was their calendars, it was the where they, where they placed their stories, it was where they got their information. I mean, the stars was everything to the ancient man. So everything was astrotheology, and I mean, not just the book of Revelation. There's a a minister, Bill Darlison, an Anglican, retired Anglican uh, minister, and he can correlate the Gospel of Mark to astrology, where Jesus and the Twelve Apostles, and they go to the, the kid with the pitcher, and that's Aquarius. I mean, he can give you the whole story, and that was normal in those times. Most people didn't write. So if you were going to create a story, either you got it from the movement of the stars or you correlated your story to the stars to give it uh, also more gravity. Jesus just makes perfect sense to be the sun and uh, and and so forth. Uh, so, yeah, Revelation is a, a definitely a, a big time star map, although, I mean, for so many years, especially Protestants have been trying to say this is it. This is the time where the book of Revelation is right. But. I think it's more of an inspirational book about any time of change, any trying time, and how to keep your faith and everything else. But a lot of the book, too, is, uh, I mean, the church fought, I mean, in the book, uh, the apostle John, or John the Elder is talking about the Nicolaitans, uh, the evil church of the Nicolaitans. That was a Gnostic church. And of some, uh, as others have pointed out, for example, the 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 woman with the with the sun and the moon and standing on the stars and she's chased by the dragon uh christianity still doesn't have an answer to who that woman is she has a child but her story really makes no sense compared to the story of mary and jesus then they try to say well it's it's actually a, a metaphor for the church but still doesn't make <laughs> sense but when you correlate it to uh, the rest of the story and the Bible, you the, this woman is probably the queen of heaven. She is like uh, a Sophia character, the ancient goddess Anan uh, Ashtare uh, or Ishtar, and her story about running away from the great dragon is a, you know a classic eternal story. And the dragon is of course the great beast or the dragon that controls the universe, which you find in many myths leviathan or tiamat or one of those so the, i'm sure your guess will probably shed more light but uh i see revelation as a as a incredible interesting uh revelatory insightful star map but i don't see it uh correlating to our times because you can 
you can bend any story to match what's happening in your current times and think it's the end of the world. I mean, Which is we're not going to be the so story lucky. of religion. Yeah. 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 Now God's going to keep us around and torture us for a while. Don't worry. <laughs> I love how everyone says most of the Bible is just a metaphor except revelation. They're like, Oh wait, it's happening right now. This is totally they switch literal. it out. The yeah, only go, literal part of the Bible. If you go literal, they go metaphorical. If you go metaphorical, they go literal. That's how fundamentalists work it. <laughs> it's the, it's the cherry picking, mm-hmm. and we all do it. They do it with science. We do it in our lives. I mean, it's a human human mind, man. It's kind of what gives you your own opinion too. Is looking at everything and kind of going, "Well, this looks okay. That looks okay." And and I feel, <laughs> I feel like that is typical. I think that's okay when you're talking about coming up with your own outside the box uh, moral compass. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with anybody doing that out of context and then telling other people that that's how they should do it. I don't have a problem if you want to cherry pick from a bunch of different sources here, there, and the other for your own life. If that's the way that you feel like that should be done, great, go for it. But don't start cherry picking from all these different places and then telling other people that that's what they should do, which is where I feel like the majority of religious aspects and religious sects and things like that are doing is they come up with this template oh yeah, this is right for everybody, and if you don't, you're a fuckwad. And I'm like, that's not at all what, no, that's not what that means. If you want to do that for you, go for it. You want to drive your car off a cliff? Don't do that, but, I mean, you can want to. Yes, or or maybe do that. Maybe that'll help the, I don't fucking know. But just don't start telling other people when you cherry pick that they should also be doing that because that's not finding your own way. That is not, in my opinion, rising to the higher self of any nature. The problem is when we're finding our own way, is it is it preferential? I want to I want to research this study that I heard a little bit about, and um, it was called preferential something. And it's the way when you start seeing things in in things, you start seeing it everywhere. And it's not like the yellow the punch buggy or the yellow Volkswagen thing. I don't think. I think it's a separate one. And and I think that's what happens with me. I start seeing conspiracies and everything, you know, or or connections in things where there isn't really connections. So I'm trying to learn how yourself. to tamper, like check check myself. Am I like am I just connecting all this stuff that really shouldn't be connected? But it's it's hard when you go down down these roads and and you wonder like is this is this a natural like am I thinking openly naturally or am I you know using my biases and my worldview to to see something different that's not there. I think, I think everyone should be more objective at this point and really try to see it from both sides or see everything from both sides, even if you don't want to. There are things that like even the coronavirus vaccine, for example, I try to see the good in that. I'm not going to take it, but I'm trying to see why people might think that because it will help me with other things moving forward. There are going to be crazier things that happen in 2021 and, 20, and in the years to come. So I would rather see things from both sides so that I can make the best decision for myself instead of picking a side and being like, that's the one. What have you, you found out know. so far about that? <laughs> no, what do you mean about like, being about the other side? Like, what's their justification? Oh, I mean, nothing good. I'm just trying to be open-minded. Is all. I've actually found some hilarious articles that I can't help reading and laughing about where people are taking the coronavirus vaccine and being, they're so proud of it. And that 
that's what scares me the most. They're like, we do this for everyone. I'm like, okay, okay, you're doing it for yourself. It's literally only helping you. You're vaccinating yourself. You're not doing this for anyone else. Like, what are you talking about? So uh, I haven't, I haven't found anything great about taking the coronavirus vaccine. It's actually led me down a path of researching other vaccines that have been around for years, like measles, mumps, rubella, things that I've vaccinated my own child for, where the death rate was actually not that bad compared to the millions of cases worldwide. And they still made this vaccine and they push it on everybody. So that's a new thing that I'm starting to research now. I'll have to get back to you guys on that. I just started that a couple of days ago, but uh, that vaccine, it's fine. It doesn't kill people, but uh, I don't know if it's fucking necessary. Sorry to hear that. Tread lightly down that hole. I was, I was going to mention when you started saying you saw conspiracies and everything, uh, I don't already, um, but being a uh, family with these two uh, has definitely made that a lot more difficult because now I start seeing things on either the news or regular platforms or I hear stories or people send me links and I'm like, oh shit, they're at it again. And like, that's like the first thing that pops in my mind. I'm like, God damn it. I didn't think that six months ago. Yeah. And uh, they bring up a lot of points where you know joe's always talking about yeah you've had some red pill moments and i'm like you know what that's actually true um that's a slippery slope for somebody that really didn't give a shit about any of that uh a year ago and then after 2020 that's like all i see anymore it's exactly what you said it's like putting on goggles or or if you if you want taking off the goggles yeah um they live glasses yeah Uh, yes exactly (laughs) all of a sudden you just start seeing all of these things and you start being able to see points that connect and before you know it you're like fuck dude i'm a con- i'm a full-blown conspiracy theorist god damn it <laughs> and then you start you start sounding like a nut job to people you talk to because you can't t- have a normal conversation with people anymore because you're like it's the fucking gut bill gates motherfuck that guy you sound like the guy in the yeah. woods you sound like the guy what's the fuck they're watching me bro start sounding like ted kaczynski <laughs> yeah. no, that's like the study the study that miguel was talking about you have to maintain your focus and continue to be like, no, this is a fact. These are the two three-inch lines. Hard, I don't give a fuck yeah. what you say. Yeah, yeah. This Easy is what's happening. Out. These are yeah. the facts. Yeah, I yeah, try- like that. Um, was it? Uh, if you, what's the name? Eric Hoffer's great book, True Believer. This came out after World War II, but it's one of the great books on propaganda. But he uh, he wrote about how like a Nazi was. Uh, ask him why did you join the party and he said i wanted to be free from freedom it really is easier to be a robot and sell out than you know you know when your meal's coming you know what you're gonna get your paycheck's gonna there's no conflict i mean that's that's humans i mean uh, as for the virus I, i mean i'm gonna be very scientific about the virus i'm gonna wait till graham takes it and then i'm gonna wait six months and then i'll decide and then i'll take it so very we a long time. <laughs> i think you just answered your own previous 64 million dollar question there it's easier to be a robot because when graham asked that i think that you actually just said exactly what that answer was what made you be more of an outside the box thinker okay well some people like doing shit the harder way graham mentioned you know some people choose the harder or he didn't say that directly but uh, you know, p- people choose the harder way. It is way fucking easier to go along for the ride, get your fucking handouts, do what you're told. You'll have way less problems. It's also not nearly as accomplishing. And I think for a lot of people, they know that if you want 
to do anything outside of the box, um, yeah, you're going to be going against the grain. It's not going to be fucking easy. And I think that a lot of people strive for that. Um, but I think that actually answered that previous question is I, it's easier to run away from freedom because freedom is something that you're going to constantly have to fight for. And it's easier to not think outside the box for that very reason. I, I try to stick with the my sister always challenges me because I rant and rave like I've got the best support network, friends and family, and I can b- basically be myself around everyone. So I, I don't really have to tread lightly. But my sister will challenge me and say, well, how do you know you're, you're, you're right about that? And why, how, do, how is that real? And I'm like, well, I don't know that that's real. But I know that what they're saying is not real. Like, there's one thing to know the truth <laughs> yeah. and one thing to spot the lies. Like, so I try and stick with the official data, the official narrative, the official stuff. Because they, they don't really do a very good job at hiding it. I mean, they can, they'll say this thing and they've officially said it, contradicted themselves over there or lied about it somewhere else. Or So I really try and stick with the just for my own sake of not going down too many, you know, wrong, wrong turns, um, try and stay with the official data and the official narrative and just compare the two. And it's usually completely off. Well, that doesn't mean I know, doesn't mean I know what the answers are, you know? Right. That's been one of the main arguments on the show. I've noticed is that we're like, who can you trust? So if we're going to try to stick to truth and data, how, how do you know what to trust though? Because I base my opinion on the mainstream media, and by that I mean the inverse of that. So whatever the media is saying, I immediately go, wait a minute, I'm going to look into that a little bit more because I don't believe you. I don't believe you, fucking Chris Tucker, or whoever else is on TV. So I'm going to look into that a little bit more, and usually it falls apart pretty quick. And that's where you start looking like a nut job. I think think what's lacking is just reads of history. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I like history. And I can assure you one thing, in 20,000 years, no civilization has beaten a virus. A virus has always done what it's going to do, whether it's the, the virus uh, during the late 60s, the swine flu, the Spanish flu. It's always going to run its course through, through humanity in a couple of years. So I know that, and that's a simple I don't think it's actually going to run its course, because I don't think that they want it to run its course and be over with at all. No, they got to stretch it out a little bit. I think bit. that they're going to try to well, uh, the uh, will siphon that in. Out. Yeah, the lockdowns will stretch things out big time. Well, they, that's where the other history comes in. The history of the wars that we've been in. You know, the elites, the world takeovers, all the stuff, all the conflicts through history. I mean, I felt like we were, when I grew up, I was insulated in this bubble thinking that, oh, we're past all that. Like, after the Cold War ended, I'm like, oh, as a society, war, we're done with wars and we're going to have peace, but that's, it's never really ended. So now we're just entering this new version of it. We're yeah, just learning that like, they the need something to control to, us. Yeah, it's the same story. The elite want the resources. They want a slave class. Uh, and they want a manageable, dumb population. And this is nothing has changed. And uh, the same with the viruses in the last 20,000 years. And it's not going to change today. No, it's just, just that our eyes are opened. I think that's the only different. The only difference is that we can see it. I didn't when I was younger, but when you read history and think back, and everything you're taught is this happened because of this, this happened because of this, and then you look back and it's like, oh, I feel like it all happened just for control. They had some sort of agenda they were trying to push, 
they made this something that we learn about in history books so they can tell us that later when they want to control us the same way. Well, that's a big problem I have is trying to believe history even. Like, Miguel, you said you're a history guy. I I used to hate history because I'm like, oh, it's in the past. I don't give a shit what happened to yeah, the me Soviet. Yeah, me too, me too. Know? Same here, but yeah. As, the more I looked at it, I'm like, this is interesting. And also, how much do of it do I believe? Because history is written by the victors. Um Whoever, you know, won this war get, got to rope what the fuck happened because everyone else was dead. So we never really know th- both sides of the picture. So it's hard to even read a history book, especially. And they're so boring. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and they're all bullshit. I mean, World War One did not start because some Archduke Fred- Ferdinand was killed. Abraham Lincoln was not a good man. He was a racist, fascist piece of shit. I mean, you, you start going down to whatever they tell you in the history. Kennedy was obviously assassinated, wasn't assassinated by a lone gunman. You start going down and you realize, man, it's a, not, it's either a lie or they've left out a whole bunch of shit with everything. I'm sure Canadian history is probably the same, exactly the same. It's, and then you're like, man, they really are manipulating and insulting my intelligence. It's, uh, insane. Live in a commune and live in a farm by ourselves, <laughs> move away from everything, live off the grid. Talk to I know that's sometime. what it that's what it feels like this year because the lies are so it's just so bad I'm I'm thinking I can't believe it's this this bad yeah. and this blatant and I just feel like I, I don't I have a real hard time going out trying to be normal <clears throat> and everybody's all masked <laughs> up and it and it, I just it, it, I just can't just uh, yeah there's the no stupidity, logic the to, stupidity there's no logic to the measures bad. and I'm just like I I have a hard time personally dealing with the with this. And then I'm like, why? Well, so then I just feel like just staying at home. And I'm like, well, that's, <laughs> that's just playing that in some ways that's just losing the game as well, because you know, they're You're doing, right where they want you. Yeah. 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 Well, the kids to be out in nature. I think that's where the yeah. game is going. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Be out as much as possible in nature. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You did that a lot during the lockdown, right? Miguel. I think. Oh you, yeah, yeah. 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 It's been kind of hard now because the snow and my knee hurts and all that, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back out there. I'll get back out there. Yeah, I did well, want to ask before we before we uh, sort of to jump in there, but it's kind of back to that that middle spiritual path and the syncretism and and what Chris Knowles talks about on, on your show, Miguel. Where you know he's adverse to the magic aspect. He's like, don't play around with that stuff. The summoning, the magic, the chaos, whatever. Like, it's just dangerous like don't play around with it but then he's also advocating a spiritual solution because he you know even in your last show he was saying well well the answer is nobody's fighting back from a spiritual side we don't have this spiritual sort of movement so how do you how do you draw the line between like even the new age can slip into this realm where chris thinks is dangerous i mean whether whether you're summoning angels or demons or or uh whatever or you're meditating this way or that way like how do you how do we reach this, you know, syncretic middle without risking making it worse from an evil I would evil say, uh, as always, and I understand what Chris is saying. Uh, Chris sometimes talks about how, you know, he, he's not in favor of complete legalization of drugs. I am. Legalize every fucking drug, even though I'm a recovering <laughs> drug addict. But all things being equal, free society is a free society. But uh, I understand what he's saying about the dangers of drugs or magic. But I think... The question is, what is our intention? Like, I approach any magic or spirituality with God or the spirits. I want to know who I am 
be underneath all this program bullshit because I know 99% of me is still program. I mean, my hand gestures are my dad's. I go, oh my God, I'm like <laughs> my boy. I'm like my dad. So what is real? You know? So I try to say what within me is my true self and what is the destiny of this true self? And I know the destiny of this true self, my higher self, my daemon, whatever you want to call it is useful and it is good and it is rewarding. So if I take that approach and if people take that approach, they'll do well. Like, uh, I always thought you got people on occultism saying, yeah, magic can change your reality. And then like the movies, like the secret where I can change reality with my thoughts. And I would say it's true, but is it your ego that wants to change reality or is it your spirit that wants to change reality? That's who's talking now, the ego, the devil, the demiurge, or is it something beyond more heroic and pure? So that's how I approach it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good answer. Sorry to take over a lot about uh, questions there. <laughs> oh no, you're good. Yeah, I have you guys you can on. Get the boy out of the podcast, but you can't get the podcast out of the boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, the the more this year, I mean, this last year now, drug on, the more I was kind of on Darren's side about. He's just like, you know what? I'm not paying attention. I'm just yeah. gonna go kill some deer, skin some meat, you know do my thing, walk around in the woods. That sounds amazing. Because I know, like, weekends like this, we have a three-day weekend. I had one last weekend. It's really easy to totally forget about the whole mask thing or anything else going on. I get back to work on Monday, and I'm like, oh, we're fucking still doing this? Really? That's why I still read the news a little bit, because I'm like, oh, shit, we have to go back to, like, normal society. I want to know what's going on. Like, are people angry about masks now or do they love them like what's going on i am pro living in a hole in the ground i could totally <laughs> deal with that yeah. i'll go in there and smoke weed like an angry yeah. hobbit for the rest of my life never talk to another soul besides I'm all my about building a bomb shelter in our backyard yeah a little bunker i'm all about yeah. whatever gets less people <laughs> in my life no <laughs> i would just our our house is pretty cool that was one cool thing about 2020 we bought a house it has some a yard and a pool and shit so it's fun we can be here all the time if the government wants me here fuck you i'll be here all day it's fine i don't need to go out there's instacart i just like don't <laughs> i don't want to deal with people at all anymore because it's ridiculous the vast majority is just fucking annoying the piss yeah. out of me this last year how late is it where you guys are because I, I i'm always trying to be cognizant of your guys' quarter, time quarter to... to 10 right now oh i'm quarter to 11 Ooh. damn guys well, we can call that a wrap if you want, unless you got some closing uh, comments you want to put in. Uh, all I would say, we're talking about, yeah, people and all that. What helps me is even people when they're freaking out, uh, I think fear has become so prevalent. Uh, I keep talking, repeating about fear as the mind killer from Dune. And uh, obviously, as Graham knows from AA, 100 forms of fear. You don't attack the person or the institution or the religion. You you deal with the fear first, and then you decide what you're going to do. So that's that's my advice: is attack the fear. Don't get angry at the people, and ha- try to have as I try to have as much love and compassion because I know from my days as a junkie, once fear breaks into your head, you're not going to listen to reason. I didn't listen to reason for years on a lot to this day. Sometimes an issue gets in my head and I get all fear. Nobody can convince me. So I try to have 
compassion with well, not so much politicians and <laughs> other higher <laughs> up the elite. on everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But for most people out there on the internet or freaking out on the streets, I, I try to have compassion because I know fear is horrible and they're gripped by fear and they're not going to listen to anything. And uh, I hope they can find a better state of being because that's it's kind of torture people who haven't left their houses since March or they're angrily marching or they're <laughs> screaming at somebody because you're either wearing a mask or not wearing a mask in public or, you know, it's, it's sad. It's, it's tragic. And I, I pray for all of them. That's well said. Yeah. I think I would just say that, uh, I think it's time to have important conversations with your loved ones. If, if you guys, if you guys are like, I'm, I've made a decision as far as this whole, like what's happening right now, I'm not going to take the vaccine no matter what. So I'm ready to do like, we're not, no, to start a a new, if they mandate it. Yeah. I can't until society or or to, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Start a new society (laughs) or to, you know, to, to participate in a non-vax society or whatever. Like I'm just not, I just don't agree with how this whole thing's gone down. So I'm, I've called my loved ones and I'm going to make a plan just even if, I think it's important even just if the power goes out, like if, if I'm not with my girlfriend or if I'm like my like if something major happens, like I'm not going to see my mom and my sister. I'm going the other way to see my girlfriend and whatever. Like I, I feel like it's just time to have those difficult discussions, not from a fear uh, point of view, but from a uh, proactive yeah, and preparation. Graham, Graham isn't Canada like a testing ground for globalists? <laughs> if any shit goes down, it's going <laughs> to be. Right? It's going to start in Canada, right? We're on the leading edge of California. Number one. You are number one. (laughs) And it goes to the globalist agenda. (laughs) Yeah. So I I just think that this is a good time to do that. That's all. Well said. Mic drop on both of you. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for for coming on, guys. Yeah. Nice to see you again. Good to see you, Michael. Peace and love in the new year. (laughs) 